Welcome to the Big Talk Podcast, where we chat all things business and personal development related, totally unfiltered and unscripted. I'm your host, Amanda Davies, and I'm here to help you transform into the leader you were born to be, stand apart from the competition, and most importantly, share your message with the world in a big, big way. Are you ready? Welcome once again to Big Talk. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the podcast. So today we're going to be talking about identity work. All right. You guys know that I freaking love this topic. I talk about identity all the time. I do posts on this. I've done podcasts on it before, but I wanted to actually go a little bit deeper on this topic with you today. I wanted to talk a little bit more about what is it that we really mean when we talk about identity? What does that actually look like? How could it be holding you back? in your life, certainly in your business, okay? And we're also going to talk about the link to shadow work as well and how shadow work is actually the key to really unlocking this identity work, okay, and really starting to shift into this next level version of yourself. And this is the link that a lot of people fail to make, okay? It's a really important link because essentially our shadow is the portal into our unconscious mind, into where we start to form our identity. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit more about the interplay between identity work and shadow work today as well. Um, And I just kind of want to say this right up front too, because whenever I talk about shadow work, people get a little bit scared. They're like, is like, what, what is this? Is this like dark? Is this evil? Is this bad? Is this like kind of witchy stuff? No, it's none of that. <laughs> Shadow work is actually really creative. It's really expansive and it's really fun as well. All right. Because the shadow is like, oh my God, like it's just got so many incredible um, areas for us to explore. And I think if we go into it with that creative, fun, open mindset, it actually has the potential to completely transform our lives and who we are. Some of the biggest shifts that I've created personally in my life have been through shadow work. All right. It gives you a completely different perspective around your behaviors and how you're showing up in the world. And so I want to kind of bring that to life a little bit today, too. So you can really sort of start to see how the shadow and how our our unconscious mind as a whole really starts to drive our behavior, how it starts to really dictate and create the results that we're seeing in our external reality too. Because so many of us, particularly as coaches and as therapists and as counselors, we have been trained to look purely at the conscious mind, our thoughts, our habits, our behaviors, our personality, right? All of that sort of stuff, which is all amazing, all right? We need to look at that stuff. But quite often, it doesn't produce real lasting changes within ourselves and within our clients as well. It can, it can really be great in terms of understanding that stuff and, and kind of how we're showing up and, and how we can set better boundaries and avoid toxic people and da, 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 all of the practical bits. But actually real change happens through working with the unconscious mind. Okay, The unconscious mind is really the puppeteer. It's the thing that's driving us again, unconsciously, we don't know this is happening, okay? Um, But really it is the thing that's creating our realities around us, but we just don't know it. This is why it's so freaking fascinating, okay? It is a mystery 
but one that we can definitely partake in and one that we can start to really understand through being brave enough to delve into this work. All right, so I want to kind of rewind a little bit again to talk about what is identity? You know, what are we really talking about when we say identity? Okay. Um, I want to talk a little bit about sort of the model of the psyche as well. So you can begin to kind of conceptualize this. And when I talk about conscious and unconscious and, and how that interplay happens, I want to kind of give a little bit of an overview of that too. But I also want to sort of talk about some of the common roadblocks that I see for people in business, the things that people like kind of just keep butting their head against, things like visibility, things like showing up, you know, all of this sort of stuff. I want to actually look at these problems through the lens of identity work and through the lens of shadow work as well. Okay. So I want to give you guys a little bit of a flavor today around how this work is so different to traditional coaching and even traditional psychotherapy and things too. All right. So let's start at the beginning. Let's talk a little bit about identity, what the hell that even means. Um, and, you know, the way that I would probably start by introducing this is what got you here in life, in business, in your career, where you're at in your relationships won't get you to your next level. So for example, if you're in business, what got you to those 10K months in your business in terms of your behaviors and your beliefs and your habits and how you're showing up will not get you to 100K months in your business, all right? The person who has 100K months in their business does things very differently, thinks very differently, behaves very differently, operates very differently to the person who has 10K months in their business, okay? That's just a really simplistic example just to bring it to life. So when we talk about identity, okay, it helps first, I think, just to think about the model of the psyche. And I'm not going to go too deep into this, but, you know, grab a piece of paper and a, and a pen, because I think this will be useful in terms of some nuggets, all right? And it might be some stuff that you can share with your clients too. But if we think about our psyche, you know, Carl Jung, the Swiss psychiatrist, spoke about the psyche as being both the conscious mind, okay, so our ego our ego being the part of us that controls our thought processes. It's the part of us that is responsible for judgment, for reasoning, for impulse control. It's the part of us that holds our beliefs. It's emotional regulation, you know, all those sorts of bits. All right. So it's the conscious, but it's also the unconscious. So the psyche is like the sum of both of those parts. All right. So it's the conscious and the unconscious mind. Now, here's the really interesting part about the conscious mind. Right? You can even think about this as like an iceberg, okay? The conscious mind is the stuff that we can see and we identify with in, in reality because we know our behaviors, we know our personality, you know, we know who we are sort of from, a, from that kind of a, a 3D reality type perspective, okay? The really interesting thing about the conscious mind or the ego is that it also has another layer to it. Another layer that isn't often spoke about, spoken about in these circles. So sitting just above our conscious mind or our ego is our persona. Our persona. It's almost like if you think about our conscious mind as being wrapped up in a big red bow, the big red bow is the persona. It's the part of us that other people see. It's our socially expressed mask because you know as well as I do 
we keep secrets from people. We don't share our full selves. We might have a particular personality type that we try and cover up. You know, maybe we're a natural introvert, but we try and show up as extroverts in terms of our persona. So the conscious mind is really complex in and of itself. It has parts that we keep to ourselves that we're totally aware of and conscious of, obviously conscious mind, but it also has this kind of socially expressed persona part as well. So when we're thinking about our identity, typically we look at it from the perspective of these masks that we wear, this persona, all right, the socially expressed parts of ourself. We also look at it in terms of our behavior, how we show up in the world. I'm an honest person. I've got a lot of integrity. I do things by the book. Okay. We think about it in terms of our personality as well. So I'm an introvert. I'm an extrovert, you know, whatever. Okay. We think about it in terms of our personality, but we also think about it in terms of, and you've probably already got a bit of a flavor of this, but we think of it in terms of the parts of ourselves that we call forward, our adaptive parts, our adaptive behaviors, those parts of us that have had to form as a result of our conditioning. So for example, people pleaser is a really good one. People pleaser, or maybe you're a rebel, or maybe you feel like you need to be pleasant and mild mannered all the time. So it's these kind of roles that we play as well. It's also the labels that we have. I'm a mother, I'm a father, I'm a woman, I'm a man, um, I'm, you know, whatever. Like it's just these roles that we play as well. So typically when we're thinking about our identity as it currently stands, it's a combination of those factors, the masks that we wear, our behaviors, our personality, but also those adaptive parts of ourselves that we call forward and the labels that we have within society, all right, in general. So hopefully that makes sense. But the conscious mind in and of itself tends to be how we mentally construct and identify with our identity, okay? Now, the really interesting part of this is when we start to go deeper, sort of beneath the conscious mind and then into the subconscious, the gateway from the conscious mind into our subconscious mind is the shadow. It's almost like we need to pass through the shadow to get into the rest of our personal unconscious. Okay. So just to give you a flavor, the personal unconscious, the thing that exists below sea level, you know, when we talk about the iceberg, all right. Yes, it's made up of the shadow. Okay. But it's also made up of things like um, repressed memories, all right. It's, it's made up of things like bodily functions as well. You know, we, we kind of, if we're women, we menstruate every month. We don't know how that happens. It just happens. Okay? Uh, there's all sorts of things going on beneath the surface that we don't really have any conscious control or awareness over. It just happens. It's where we store our um, emotional templates, where we store things, um, information that we wouldn't consciously have to hand. So it's like this whole piece of unconscious stuff that's kicking around that we just obviously don't have any conscious aware, awareness of. The shadow is part of this. And just to talk a little bit more about the shadow, remember the shadow is that part of us that is the repressed social identity. It's that part of us that contains all of this, those disowned roles, the disowned parts of us that we don't really want to look at that might be a bit scary to look at but it's where those parts of us exist, 
All right. And when Carl Jung spoke about the shadow, he spoke about it in terms of holding those parts of us, again, that we don't really want to look at, that might feel a little bit scary, but are also the equal and opposite of the parts of us that we show and demonstrate consciously. All right. So what I mean by that, I want to bring that to life a little bit. So going back to the old people pleaser example, that's the part of us that we can see consciously, whether or not we, we like being people pleasers or not, doesn't matter if that's part of our conscious reality, we see ourselves as a people pleaser. The disowned part of the people pleaser is the equal and opposite of the people pleaser, which may be someone who is a rebel that just completely just says, well, F you to people. I don't care about pleasing you. All right. The law of duality is that you cannot have light without dark. You cannot have a role such as a people pleaser without also having an equal and opposite role of that rebel. So what happens is that rebel exists within us, but we just don't know it's there. It's unconscious. It's in the shadow. We don't identify with it. I'm going to really bring this to life throughout some of these examples I'm going to share. But, you know, another one is if you're someone who is really mild mannered and is always happy, you're a happy-go-lucky person. Guess what? The equal and opposite of happy-go-lucky is angry. All right. If you're a warrior, if you're someone who identifies as being courageous, the equal and opposite of that is being a coward. Okay. If you're someone who is shy or, or is a bit more of a hermit, the equal and opposite to that is the superstar. If you're someone who identifies as a victim or a martyr, you know, you got the kind of that sort of mindset, the equal and opposite of that is the creator. So it's these equal and opposites that exist within our shadow that we have no freaking idea are there. And I remember when I started to do shadow work and I started to look at this stuff deeply, I'm like, I'm not a rebel. No, I'm a good girl. I'm not angry. I'm the least angry person I know. No way. I'm not a superstar. I'm not a show off. No, 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 no. I'm far too modest for that. We don't recognize it because it's unconscious. So it can be triggering as hell when you start to do shadow work and you recognize that actually these parts are things that we've disowned and that we've shoved down into our shadow. But herein lies the magic, okay? Because actually the key to unlocking our potential, to unlocking our dreams and our goals is to call forward these parts of ourselves that we have completely disowned and dismembered and shoved down deep into our shadow. Calling these parts forward to be expressed is where the magic is. All right. And this is where lasting change can occur too. And this is also how we begin to shift our identity. Now, I want to talk a little bit more about how the shadow is the entry point into the unconscious. All right. And then I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about some examples that show up in business that I see very commonly um, throughout this business, you know, things that I people see people struggling with. I want to talk about this from the lens of identity and shadow. All right. But Really, if we look at the shadow as sitting just below sea level, it's that entry point into the rest of our personal unconscious, all right? The whole goal of shadow work is to bring the unconscious into the conscious. And remember, 
the conscious mind uses things like words and behaviors and stuff that's very tangible and sort of 3D, whereas our unconscious and our shadow cannot communicate that way. All right. The, the unconscious communicates through symbols typically. And that's where things like archetypes and dream analysis and all this sort of stuff can come into play. Shadow work as well, obviously, visualization too. Um, but the key to really accessing our unconscious is to communicate it through it in a very different way, okay, to how we're used to rewiring beliefs and changing behaviors and stuff like that. And it's when we can start to work at this unconscious level, that's where a lot of the real change starts to happen too. All right. So it's really, really important that we recognize when we're looking to up level in our life, in our business, in our relationships, that we know that there is this personal unconscious and shadow aspect at play. And that a big part of achieving our potential is calling forward those parts of ourselves that we've disowned. Because guess what? When you can call forward your inner rebel, when you can call forward your superstar or your creator, the stuff that maybe you don't identify with as a shy introvert, that's how you start to create real shifts. And that's often the key to unlocking things like success or bigger money months in your business or being able to show up and get visible in your business. All right. So actually, I want, that's a really nice kind of a lead into this first example that I want to talk about, which is I don't want to get visible. Okay. <laughs> I hear this so often in my business where people don't want to show up. They don't want to get on camera. They don't want to do Facebook lives. They don't want to do all this. And I struggled with this too. I get it. Okay. I totally get it. Now, this fear of being visible and, and not wanting to show up and, and show your face if we were looking at this from sort of a traditional therapeutic kind of lens, this is where we could look at the patterns, okay? We could sort of say, all right, well, how has this shown up in other areas of your life, in relationships, in your career? Um, how have you not wanted to get visible with your family before? And we can go through that and we can look at the timeline around it. And it's really useful, again, just to be able to, to sort of connect the dots and see the patterns. However, when you look at this from more of a shadow work perspective, all right? from that duality perspective, knowing that this whole visibility thing has got two sides to it. It's got this part where you want to run and hide, but it's also maybe got this superstar. I desperately want to be seen. I desperately want to be visible side. Okay. It's got these two kind of poles to it. From a shadow work perspective, this is where I'd be really asking you, you know, at what point did it become either unsafe or unacceptable for you to be seen? At what point did it become either unsafe or unacceptable for you to be seen? And I want to kind of bring this to life a little bit with a personal example, because this is something, as I said, I, I struggle with over and over and over again. Um, but, you know, one of my earliest sort of memories that I had around this is I was a total show off as a kid. Okay. <laughs> I love singing. I love dancing. I wanted to be the center of attention. I wanted to do all of the things. I'd wear these Larry outfits and all of this sort of stuff. Okay. I, and again, you know, this isn't about blaming families or caregivers or anything like that. But one of my earliest memories was don't be a show off. No one likes a show off. So can you see how this sort of then shoves that superstar show off showman element down into the shadow. Can you see how that happens? So this is where what came out of that experience, and this was just a one, one example, you know, there's lots, there's different examples too I could give you, but 
this is just to bring it to life a little bit, that part of me, that showmanship got shoved down into my shadow unconsciously, of course, but what sort of became or was birthed out of that was this part of my persona. Remember the mask. Okay. It's part of my persona that was overly modest. That was the part that was probably a little bit sort of shy as well. That was sort of hardworking that would let the work speak for itself. I didn't need to go out and and showcase anything. Actually, the work's going to speak for itself. This became my mask, this modesty. Okay. Do you see how that works? So that's just an example of how we start to push those parts of us down into the unconscious shadow. And we actually start to cultivate and grow those adaptive parts of ourselves that really played a role in our survival, but also in our acceptance, you know, within our family and within our communities. And so that's how, when we bring this back to identity, that's how we can start to see that actually the identity that we identify with is sometimes built on stuff that isn't necessarily true for who we are and who we are at our core, which is why I often talk about identity work is actually about de-identifying with that persona. It's not about creating this fictional version 2.0 of you. And it really bugs me when people talk about identity work in that way. It's not a different version of you. It's about you remembering the truth of who you already are. It's about you reconnecting to those parts of yourself that you've suppressed and pushed down into the shadow. So another really good example as well, and again, I'll just, I'll keep going with some of the examples that, that have been personal to me as well. And, and I'm sure that you'll be able to identify with some of these too. So for example, um, you know, don't be too fun. Don't be too quirky because you won't be taken seriously. Okay. This is a really big one for me. It's like, don't be too quirky. Don't be too fun. Don't have too much fun. People won't take you seriously. People won't take you seriously at work. People won't take you seriously at school. Okay. So what happened is I, I, what was born out of that was this serious part of my persona. Okay. That was again, that mask, that public face. I'd be very serious, very hardworking. Okay. It would be really difficult for me to freaking crack a joke. All right. But the truth of who I am, the truth is that I have this kind of eccentric clown side of me that I stuffed down into my shadow. And I'm like, I ain't showing anybody that because that bit's not acceptable. But I didn't remember this. And this is the thing I want to, I want to really hammer this home. We don't identify with this. So although we may have noticed this stuff within ourselves when we were five or six or however old we were, because remember a lot of this stuff is rooted in early childhood. You know, if someone had asked me, Amanda, do you have this kind of eccentric, clowny, quirky side to you? 10 years ago, I'd have been like, no way. What the hell? You know, no, I'm like really hardworking and I'm really serious and I'm really like, and I probably wouldn't have used the word serious, but it's like, I'm really focused and I'm really ambitious and da, 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 da. all true. Okay. This doesn't exclude any of that stuff from the incredibleness of who we are. I'm going to come back to that in a sec, but actually being able to access that side of me that is the joker, that's the clown, that's the eccentric weirdo. It's like, actually, that's there. That's equally a part of me. I just didn't recognize it for a long time because I repressed it. Okay. 
Another example that I know many women can relate to as well, which is don't be too beautiful. Don't be too beautiful. Don't be too sensual because men will get the wrong idea. How many of you have have kind of heard that one? Okay. Or been subject to that. I know a lot of women who, who have had a very similar version. Okay. And men have their own version of this too. Okay. But I'm speaking to the women. So it's, you know, don't be too beautiful. Don't be too sensual. Don't show too much skin. Don't be too provocative. Don't be too sensuous and in your body because people will get the wrong idea. People won't take you seriously. So guess what? Guess what's born out of that is this overly masculine, almost, you know, I know personally, I would wear really kind of androgynous type clothes because I wasn't comfortable with my sensuality and my sexuality and my beauty. So I would cover it up. And what did I do? I, I shoved that beautiful goddess sensual side of myself down into my shadow. Okay. So this is where we start to disown these incredible natural parts of who we are at our core and we put them down into our shadow. Okay. And we start to give birth to these parts of our identity that are built on adaptations. Get it? So when I talk about, well, what is identity work? It is actually being able to sort through and sift through and de-identify with these parts of our persona. So this kind of brings me back to, you know, what is it that we do with this? How do we start to really begin shifting our identity? How do we start to de-identify with these parts of our persona? How do we begin to actually shift this? What's really important to remember, and this is the stuff that I do, particularly with my private clients as well, who, who, are, who are ready to go there. But this is really about remembering the truth of who you were before you were told that's wrong, that's bad, that's not safe, that's not acceptable. It's about remembering those parts and it's about reclaiming them. It's about reclaiming them. And remember, we're going to be working in the unconscious So we won't necessarily always remember this stuff in terms of conscious memories. It's going to come to us through imagination, through visualization, through symbolism. And this is all of the work that we can do together. But it's going to come from this process of getting in touch with that true original element and origin of who we are, okay, and reclaiming it. It's going to be about loving on these parts of ourselves. It's going to be about us creating that safe environment now for those parts of us to come forward and to express themselves the way they should have always been expressed. Okay. It's also going to be about, I talk a lot about anchoring and building practices around these parts too. Parts that, as I said, have have been repressed, but need that kind of safe place to sort of rebirth themselves into our conscious awareness. Because if you think about it, you know, when we, if we bring this back to business, okay, that part of you that is the incredible goddess that's super confident in how she looks and, and her state and her being, or that incredible part of you that is eccentric and that looks at things differently and that's creative, or that part of you who is the superstar that wants to be seen, all of that is there and available to you. And can you imagine if you built your business whilst calling on those parts of yourself? How would you show up differently? What kind of results would you see? How would you show up differently, even in your relationships and in your life generally? 
this is what identity work is about. It's about reclaiming these parts of yourself that you've stuffed down and lost along the way. And the way we do this, the end to that is through the shadow. Okay. It's not about tinkering around at the mindset level. It's not about tinkering around on your, with your habits and your behaviors and all that sort of stuff. All of that's cool. As I said, but this is where the real power comes from. It's about reclaiming these parts of us whilst also, and this is really important you hear me on this, whilst also honoring the parts of our persona and our ego that got us here. That part of you that's super serious, that part of you that's really modest and maybe doesn't want to be seen or, you know, that part of you that um, is masculine or linear sometimes too, like these parts have helped you get to where you are now. And there are real strengths and benefits to these parts. Okay. When you're building a business, yeah, you know what you need to be, you need to have masculine containers and channels to deliver your message. Of course you do. You need structures and systems. You should be serious about what you're doing, of course, but it doesn't mean that that needs to then exclude the joker and the fun and the ease and the enjoyment that you can bring to building your business too. So this is where we talk about integration. We talk about integrating these parts of the persona that have been very adaptive and that have got us to where we are, but also about making it safe for their equal and opposite partner to come forward to and to really bring that extra energy and that extra incredibleness to what we're doing. And it's also going to allow you to feel amazing and show up whole without censoring yourself, without dismembering parts of yourself or without putting on a show or pretending to be something you're not. You can actually show up as your full and true authentic self, which is just awesome. And that's the aim of the game. And this is where Jung spoke about this process of individuation, which really is about bringing some of these unconscious elements into the conscious. It's about creating and being your true and authentic self, not just operating from your persona and your masks or from your ego mind, Actually, you have so much more available to you. And these are your superpowers. These are your superpowers, okay? Imagine being able to show up in that energy of the one that is here to create a big, big vision, do big things to, to really be that superstar, okay? And inspire people and lead people and not be afraid to be seen. That's confident. I mean, where would your business go if you could show up in that energy, if you could remember and reclaim that because it's already within you? I mean, how would that shift for you? How would your relationship change if you could tap into that incredible sensual goddess that's already there and call her forward and bring her to the table? Okay. I mean, oh my God, it would just completely change everything. So I love this. I love this work. This is a passion of mine. This is my, 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 my zone. This is what I'm in the zone. I love this stuff. So look, I would really love to chat to you about it. If anything that I've said today or shared today has resonated with you and you're like, oh my gosh, yes. Like I'm really, I'm ready to go to the next level in my business, even elsewhere in your life as well. I can definitely help you with that. The, the first step is for you to reach out book a phone call with me or drop me an email and, and I'm happy to share a little bit more. I think what's really important is that 
if we were to have a phone call, I just want to really understand your situation. First off, I want to make sure that I'm the right person to help you, of course. Uh, and if I'm not, by the way, I'm very happy to point you in the right direction. But I think it's always worth a conversation just for me to understand exactly what your challenges are. But most importantly, what are your dreams? What are your goals? What do you feel is holding you back? Because if I can help you with this work, very happy to share more and, and we can talk about that too. Okay. But I hope you found this episode really useful. I would love to hear your feedback as always. If you got use out of it, I would, again, I would love for you to share this out as well. This is how it, it kind of helps me grow the channel. That would be much appreciated or, or likes and thumbs up, you know, all of that sort of stuff too. So I appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in and I'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Big Talk podcast today. If you have enjoyed this episode, then please do leave us a review and share it with your friends. For further information about our programs and free content, head on over to lightpurposeliving.com. See you soon.